This afternoon, I want to address inflation. If you are thinking, hey, this guy is a rabbi. What street cred does he have to speak to us about the economy? You are correct. I am not a trained economist. I am not going to do a PowerPoint presentation. No confusing multicolored slides. I can tell you the cost of living increase for Social Security in 2023 will be 8.7% if you have reached full retirement age, which is 66 if you were born between 1943 and 1954, and age 67 if you were born during 1964. In between 1955 to 1959, the step-ups are incremental. We tend to think of inflation in direct correlation to the cost of goods and services, increased pressure leading to higher prices. As such, even if we are full retirement age, inflation is undesired. Another kind of inflation. You can inflate a balloon. You can inflate your self-worth. You can inflate your ego. All take a certain amount of hot air. <laughs> this too is undesired inflation. This afternoon, I will speak no further of economic inflation or puffery. Instead, I'd like to explore inflation as something positive, as an increase within or outwardly toward others. As a preacher, I am interested in my, why my congregants attend worship services. All preachers are. Ask Candace. Ask Jay. Some of you, I imagine, come out of habit. Some of you come for spiritual uplift. Many of you come for community. Some of you come out of guilt. And some of you come to avoid guilt. You know what I mean? You miss one service and all your friends and your preacher call to see why you are not at services. While all relevant explanations, with some exception, they ultimately fail to increase, to inflate, to grow within us or outwardly encourage consistent and daily moral and ethical awareness and action. Noted gang violence prevention advocate and dean of secondary school programs at Harvard University, Cesar A. Cruz, wrote that art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. His comment has been co-opted by editors of prayer books which suggest that religion should do as Cruz suggests art should do, to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. I agree with his sentiment. Many preachers do. However, decades of experience have taught me that my congregants respond far better to sermons that address subjects for which they feel I am speaking directly to them, as well as sermons that calm and comfort rather than that challenge and disturb. This makes sense. However, contrary to how we feel, as parishioners, we should be receptive to even asking for sermons that challenge, that point out how the values inherent in our faith daily should be lived. 
We should be willing to be made uncomfortable, to feel disagreement, to struggle over a message. Muscles grow by first being torn. So too do our spiritual selves. To grow, to inflate spiritually and ethically, you must be open to hearing what our faith demands of us, especially when it seems to run counter to our secular or religious points of view, when it uncomfortably tears at us, when we find ourselves thinking or even saying out loud, I do not want to listen to this. We should want this of our faith. A few weeks ago, I returned from a trip to the Holy Land taken jointly, primarily by members of the Church of the Ascension, of which are many are here today, with members of St. John's Episcopal Church, First United Methodist, and Temple Beth Or. What I came away with was a better knowledge of Jesus the Jew, and of lessons attributed to Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus was a man who challenged the stream of Judaism practice by the temple priests. Every word said and every act done by Jesus stood in direct opposition. Jesus challenged their practice, their norms, because he had a vision of a more inclusive community, a more equitable community, a halakha, a way that drew people together and which did not exclude or render impure. Jesus' demand of his followers, as is the demand that Reformed Judaism places upon its adherents, was to live in a religious manner to express love and acceptance of every person, from the most high to the least. This is a difficult task for any person. It is a challenge with which we struggle to this day. If I am to be presumptuous, our coming together every year to celebrate Thanksgiving as different faith communities, but as one, elicits an amen from Jesus and a kito it is good from God. It is a symbol of our willingness to exist beyond our own parochial dictates. It is a demonstration that we can indeed, that we must live beyond the reach of perceived exclusions of faith. It is a lesson that extends beyond our coming together an event that promises to inflate our bellies with good food. Our long tradition is a reminder that daily we need to allow our faith to guide us in a manner that opens doors and opens our hearts to welcoming those who would seem strangers, that stops us and challenges us as individuals to live and behave in a manner that is more inclusive and accepting of all God's children, that reminds us that our faiths were birthed from the experience of persecution and marginalization, and that when we tend toward the opposite in our minds, actions, and hearts, to recognize that we have gone astray from the creation moment of our faith. Let us, this Thanksgiving, pledge to fill ourselves with God's grace and compassion, with Jesus' embrace of those who seem unholy, and as my Jewish faith teaches, 
to be willing to judge ourselves with honesty and to strive to be just and righteous in our thoughts and our deeds. Faith is not solely to be practiced in the pews. It is not, at best, a once or twice a week activity. It is meant as formation and as guide for everyday actions, thoughts, and responses. It is meant to stretch us, to pull us out from lives of comfort, lives unquestioned, into a place of growth. A people of faith, we need to ever comprehend that religion is the opposite of calcification, growing smaller when we venerate insular, ages-old socio-political religious perspective. Our respective faiths, rooted in ancient tradition, are living, growing, adaptive, and responsive. To be holy is not to be certain and inelastic, claiming we know what God requires of us, clinging to archaic socio-religious ideas conceived of and written by the human hand. Holiness is the art of continued discovery, of being open to hearing God's voice and Jesus' voice as continuous revelation. Inflation is positive when its end result creates largesse when it fashions us people of faith to be individuals who live kindly, openly, and without fear of that and those who challenge socio-religious dogma established hundreds, even thousands of years ago. Creation is ever upon us, the universe expanding. Inflation of the soul is a gift to ourselves. Through it, we foster the promise rooted in our religions of a healed world. Be not complacent, but ever disturbed, ever will, willing to grow beyond our present selves, ever thankful. It is good to give thanks to God, better even when we share thanksgiving with one another. <laughs>